ಮಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲಂಗಲ
name for Parvati as, as like an, an goddess of the earth and coming from the earth. Lola, about Ma's tongue. We spoke about that last week quite a bit. Sarva Vidya, she appears in all forms of knowledge. And Tapasvini, we spend most of the time talking about Tapasya and she who performs Tapasya. And what does that mean? I can just remember the mantra I chanted just now is a pranam mantra. And last week, I was thinking, oh, I forgot to, we could have mentioned this mantra when we talked about Sarva Vidya, she who exists in all forms of knowledge. And because this mantra, usually we think of forms of knowledge to mean goddess Saraswati, right? Uh, goddess, she is a goddess of wisdom and knowledge, refinement, art, science, all those things. And so there's a mantra, but a few weeks ago or some months ago, I printed it everybody, I gave it out to people so people could learn it. Badra Kalye Namonyatam, we bow again and again to Badra Kali. Saraswati Namonamaha, we bow again and again to Saraswati eternally. Veda Vedanga Vedanta, Vidyastane Bhuevacha, you are who, uh, from whom emanate the Vedas, the Vedanga, the limbs of the Vedas. Uh-uh. The Vedanta, the Upanishads, and the philosophy streaming from the and all other sources of knowledge. I was thinking that this is a verse that says all sorts of knowledge come from Kali, and in the Kali Sasanama, one of her names was all for all knowledge. So I thought that we, we probably should have mentioned it because I like this mantra. So continue in the second half of verse twenty-eight: Ganga Kashi Shachi Sita Sati Sata Parayana. So. <coughs> Ganga, Kashi, Shachi, Sita, Sati. These are the main, these are all important uh, characters, uh, uh, forms, of the, uh, forms of the goddess, right? Ganga. So, Shachi, we won't talk, I don't think we'll get to. Uh, Shachi is the, um, the consort of Indra, Indrani, right? And then uh, Sita, we all know from, uh, from Ramayana. Uh, so Sachi Sita uh, Sati, why did I forgot? Sati is also there. I didn't, I didn't prepare for that. Sati, we all we all know about Sati, uh, uh, and then Sata Parayana. So, but the first two names, Ganga Kashi. I'm thinking these are a nice team. Ganga and Kashi are always together. Ganga, of course, the divine river, and Kashi is the most famous city on the bank of of, of Ganga. So they works out very nice that they work together. Thought we can discuss a little bit about Ganga and Kashi. And sometimes these names of Kali, oh, she who has her tongue sticking out, she who holds the sword, she who holds the severed head, she who is united with Shiva, she who dances in the cremation ground, she who, you know, these are all really clear epitaphs of the, of the Divine Mother. These are things you'd say about Kali, about the goddess, right? But then we've gotten to a lot of what she is, Naga, and, and Dakini, and Yogini, and, and all the, and, and um, uh, Apsara, and Gandharva, and all these different, Gandharvi, and, and Kinyarishwari, all these uh, uh, separate uh, forms of the different goddesses or different divine categories of divine beings, and so showing it's not just, they're not just her epitaphs, but she, this is part of building. It's it's a big theme. One of the themes in the Kalasasanama is that seeing Kali as a, a, an emerging philosophical theological idea called the Mahadevi, right? There's all these different goddesses. We could see, you, you know, a scholar can look and say, oh, there's these certain uh, goddesses that were worshipped in the Vedic times, and there's, uh, um, in the Vedic mantras, there's goddesses that are worshipped in indigenous indigenous cultures in India, in tribal traditions, in, in pre-Vedic or post-Vedic or long-Vedic traditions, and local goddesses, and important goddesses, and less important goddesses, right? 
And so you can see the, 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 uh, the goddesses were, were very much worshipped in ancient India, right? And, and, and maybe not as central to the Vedic tradition as other forms, uh, as the male forms of the deity, a male deity, should I say, but she was a, the goddesses are in the Vedic tradition. But the goddesses are really in the like pan Indian, uh, 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 the, 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 the the larger Indian tradition, right? Uh, uh. So then a movement we could say either these are all her aspects, or a movement came to, to as we as a, as the idea of like of a of not exactly a monotheistic idea, but it's uh, it's not unrelated of like there is the great goddess, not a goddess or different goddesses. That there is the Mahadevi, we call it the Mahadevi, the great goddess. Right? One of her names is Mahadevi. <laughs> That's a surefire way. Please excuse us. There's some important building going on today. Usually he doesn't. They're not working on it on Saturday, but they've gotten to some crucial points that they're working <laughs> on. So, <coughs> so there'll be some cutting. In case you don't know, the uh, uh, a beautiful roof over the dunes being built. It's going to be spectacular but very complicated to build, so it's taking time. And noisy to build, too. Okay. Alright. So, so, like, Gang, like, there's stories, like, here's Ganga. Ganga's a famous goddess, right? There's stories about her in the Mahabharata. There's, she's, she's personified as a river. Uh, um, uh, there's mythological stories about her marriage to uh, marriage to Vishnu and then giving to Shiva there's all these stories we'll we'll, uh, we'll give some of these stories as, as background right so she she's there and she's a goddess among goddesses and she has her own devotees right uh, but in this take saying oh the one that we worship is Kali right the Maha, she's who is the Maha, the great goddess we know as Kali the, the Mahadevi Ganga is also her or Ganga is part of her all the different gods all the different goddesses are either her faces or her aspects, right, or parts of her, you know. So this is a collection of, of, of naming all kinds of different goddesses, like Ganga, Shachi, Sita, Sati, you know, uh, all these different, and, and all these categories of being like Gandharva and Kinada and even uh, uh, Devakanya and Asuri, even, even, even uh, gods and demons and spirits and and Nagas and like that, but also Sita and Radha and Sati and Aparna and all these different uh, names of uh, some some different goddesses that are that are not always associated with each other. Like to say that Ganga and in, like one of her names, one two verses earlier, one of her name was Parvati, right? So now her name is Ganga, right? So these are are these two epitaphs of one goddesses or two different goddesses? They're being shown. This is these are aspects of one goddess. Right, because in the stories, Ganga and Parvati don't get along generally, right? So you can't say they're the same being. They are the same being, right? But you can see this. Ten, this, this is one of the things that the, the Kali Sastam and texts like this do is is trying to present, start mentioning many different goddesses that are in, in divergent traditions, maybe even competing traditions, right? Some of the stories lend itself to that, uh, uh, uh. but showing that oh, if you're you're a devotee of Ganga and you're a devotee of Sita. And you're a devotee of Parvati, and you're a devotee of Durga. Directly, no, that's fine. We're, you have a distinct Sita is not the same as Ganga, right? They're very different. But in one sense, there are two aspects of the of the one. So there's a transcendent, uh, supreme goddess behind. So I think these type of names are kind of revealing this type of thing. 
Ganga. Gang, and so on the mantric for Ganga, you Om Ganga, you Namaha. Ganga Kashi. So, Ganga, of course, I'm very fond of Ganga. And I am lamenting that I have not seen her in a long time. Or bathed her in a long time. Uh, we are very attached. And usually in India, we're very rarely away from the Ganga. Most places, there have been a few mini trips to south to do something, you know, a few pilgrim, important pilgrimages we try to do, we try to get back to the Ganga as soon as possible. And then of course we've also been going to Narmada, the mother holy rivers. But Ganga has, was the foundation of my first visits. Always be along the bank of the Ganga and either in Calcutta at the Hugui, Dakshineshwar, Belamat, and uh, Rishikesh and Hadwar and Gangotri and uh, uh, Dev Prayag and Rudra Prayag up into the Himalayas. And Kashi, of course, which is the next name, Varanasi. And of course, my own home, hometown, is where we consider ourselves, rather our lineage, uh, uh, from Allahabad, now renamed as Prayag, which is also right on the bank of the Ganga. We're actually during the flood season, the Ganga can sometimes enter our ashram. So, during the, the one, usually when the season I'm there, it's a 20 minute walk to the Ganga. <laughs> Right, but uh, during the rainy season, the Ganga is across the street. You know, <laughs> actually, our ashram is on. There's a bund. A a, um, a bund is a dam, right? Uh, uh, that protects the city of Allahabad from being flooded every year when the Ganga comes up, and so we're actually built, you know, on on the dam. So occasionally, if the water were to break over the dam, it enters our ashram. So we're literally on the bank of the Ganga, or we're actually in the Ganga bank probably a better way of saying it. It's like, I mean, we had an, a, a hydrologist who we were trying to do some construction here and to, because we're on the, we're on the, in the bank of a river, right? And he said, actually he says, to say we're on a river bank is not correct. Actually you're in a river bed, right? This is all the river bed. We've channelized or canalized, channelized uh, the river because people want to live here, right? So the fact that if it floods, the, the river is not overdoing its bank. You're in the river bed, not the river bank. So our ashram's in the river bed properly. Now we consider it on the other side of the river bank. But anyway, the Ganga is very important. Um, it's and and you and we could we could say at one time in ancient times, there's much evidence that the ancient Indian civilization was built along the the uh, two great rivers, uh, uh, the Saraswati River and the Indus River, and due to uh, it's not fully known, but most like some catastrophic, catastrophic um, uh, plate shifts and um, weather changing, weather ch changes in, in weather patterns like that. The river has pretty much dried up; it disappeared. Um, uh, and so, you can say it's not it's not recent culture. I mean, thousands of years ago, the the culture moved, the cities moved to another great river basins of the Ganga and Yamuna, right? So when you think, or nobody thinks of, of certain parts of India, that, that the ancient history is another, is another part of India, a lot of it's now in Pakistan, right? The really ancient history, that's where the rivers used to, that's where the river basins were, the fertile, were the life-giving fertility were civilization, that could support civilizations, right? When that changed, the, the civilizations moved as well as the Vedic religion and the Hindu religion moved along, and now the, the main rivers are Ganga, Yamuna, and Narmada, Brahmaputri, the other rivers that are more in northern part of India moved. But with a river comes fertility. 
come you know water and fertility so that can that can support cities and it can support a, a thriving growing culture right so ganga when we say it's mother ganga it literally is a mother it's a mother of this whole civilization right uh, for sure right. and so <coughs> we'll, we'll go into her story one of Ganga's names, she has many names, one of her names is uh, Bhagarati. Maybe you've heard this name, Bhagarati. And she who is like, Bhagarati is, she's not really daughter of Bhagara, it's not exactly that, but she's, she was brought by Bhagara, by the king Bhagarat. Right, so she's like a diminutive, it's like daughter, but she's, but she's not actually the daughter of Bhagarat, King Bhagarat, but she's a name like that, she comes from Bhagarat. Uh, King Bhagarat. So we have to think who, what this story. It's a very ancient story. It's very um, significant, and there's two stories that merge into each other. So I'll I'll, I'll try to tell them best I can. A, a very ancient, a long time ago, when the world was young, as all old stories start, there were some uh, uh, sadhus doing tapasya, right? They were doing yagya and doing fire ceremonies and tapasya. These were brahminical sadhus. And there was a group of demons that were tormenting them. And, and a, lot of, a lot of the stories, you know, somebody does a fire ceremony, a demon comes and throws <coughs> meat or bones or some impure thing into the, into the fire and pollutes it. And you have to start all over again and ruining the purity and just harassing, generally harassing the, the, the sages. And so the sages, with their ascetic power, they would chase the demons away. Right? And the demons would run to the ocean. And then hide in the ocean, and and in the ocean they'd they'd get their strength. So the story goes, right? So again, the next day they'd come back and attack again, destroy, disrupt, disrupt their their austerities and pujas, and be chased like this. So this went on for a long time. Uh, so they decided we we the the problem is they're hiding in the ocean. There's if only we could like like remove the ocean temporarily. You know, like imagine like you know be like you're in really low tide. You know, when the tide goes away, you can walk out and see. Everything's exposed, right? Things that are hidden are now exposed during uh, during a super low tide, right? So who, what can we do? So name, there was one sage named Agatsya, Agat, Agatsya, and he was famous for being having tremendous power, a tremendous appetite, and tremendous power of digest. He can digest anything. There's a sage for every every um every quality. So they say, you please drink the ocean. <clears throat> so. He drinks the ocean, no problem, and he holds the ocean within, and he's great. So now the demons are exposed, and Lord Vishnu, who's a friend of the Brahmanas, and the devas go and they kill those demons, right? So good, good, clear, right? So now they're like, okay, please now release the ocean. So it's oh, I've just digested it, right? I don't just, I just can, don't can eat a lot. I can digest a lot. So imagine no ocean is a big, you know, demons. That's great, but no ocean. That's not so great. Right, with no ocean, not only you know the fish and the aquatics are die, the civilizations that are based upon uh, on the seashore die, but also the oceans are what feeds rivers, right? You know, so now the rivers are drying up. All the rivers begin to dry up because there's nothing to feed the rivers. You know, it's interesting. The ocean would feed rivers feed the ocean, but oceans feed the rivers. You know, the basic ecological cycle, right? So the whole world is suffering, right? The whole world's drying up. So in which case, civilizations dry up. Right. So they pray to Lord Brahma, and Brahma promised, "Don't worry; it will take a little bit of work. There, a few things have to happen, but 
I don't have my commando. Uh, 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 I can get one of the. I don't one of the commandos. Any, any, well, one of the normal, like the Brahma commandos. Yeah, you know, yeah. one of those. Okay, one of those. It will help the. Yeah. You have one. <laughs> Every sadhu has to have one. You'll see why sadhus carry kamandalus momentarily. It's very significant. So Brahma, in his kamandalus, he has some divine water. There's many stories describe how, we'll have to tell the story of how he got the kamandalus full of divine water, of all holy waters. But he says, don't worry, I, with this water, I'll manage, this is, in this water I have the Ganga. Right? I'll manage that the Ganga, I'll send, send the Ganga, and it will fill the ocean. We'll fill the ocean again. Which is interesting, the, the ocean produces rivers, but rivers also feed the ocean. So while there's no ocean to create the rivers, I'll bring a river that will fill the ocean, and then the cycle again will start. Yes, see, a Brahma Kamandala, this type of Kamandala is actually called a Brahma Kamandala, which is a shape. Very nice. There's many, you've seen, the very common thing sadhus carry, Brahmins, sadhus, well, and also the water pot in front of Ma, this water pot gets repeated again and again. Right, we'll use this. This is so I have the Ganga in here, don't worry, I shall bring the water. But it will take some time because King Bhagarat will have to bring her down. There's a few things that have to happen to bring Ganga for me to to release the Ganga. She won't just come for any reason, I have to do it the right way. Right. So that's the first story, right? The, of, of the pre like the prehistory with the back backstory of the Ganga. So now King Bhagarat, we have to start. You have to go further back to King Sagara. And the word sagara, people must know. The sagara, there's two words. What does sagara mean? You know what it means. Anybody know what sagara means besides Jayashree? You know what it means? What does it mean? Ocean. Ocean. Oh, sagara means ocean. There's a... Um, we do sagara for ocean in the Sankalpa. Prashantima. Sagare. What's the other one? Um, there's another word for ocean. I'm thinking there's another common word for ocean. I'm, the other day I was thinking about both of them. But, Samudra. Samudra is the other word for ocean, right? So Sagara, so why does Sagara get the word ocean, right? Because the king, his name means ocean. Or his came his name has come to mean ocean. So there's these things that also can be given symbolic meaning, which we may think about a little later. Right. So this this uh, version of the story, this is told in the this, this is told in Ramayana. I know it mostly from the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is more my specialty. Right, but this isn't Puranas, and but it's in Ramayana. It's told elaborately. Bhagavatam is told elaborately. Some version of this is told elaborately. Actually, in Bhagavatam, it's barely told. It's told in, in Bhagavatam has the quality, and like ten verses can tell a whole Puranas worth, right? But, it's in Bhagavatam, but I know it from those ten verses on, on the descent of, of Mother Ganga, right? <clears throat> so uh, Sagara is a Surya Vamsa, the solar dynasty, very ancient times, and he had two wives, right? One son. I get the names right, Asaman, Asamanjas, and the second wife, which I don't know the wife's name, please forgive me, uh, had 60,000 sons. So one wife had one son, and the other wife had 60,000 sons. Now I'm sure that's, that's, maybe we can also assign or find a symbolic meaning to these numbers also, but so, uh, and so he, in order, a great kings in ancient times, they did the Ashmaved sacrifice, the horse sacrifice, and this is uh, extreme, not easy to do, even in, in modern, it hasn't been done in a long, a proper Ashmaved sacrifice, I don't know if it could really be done nowadays, but it, uh, it hasn't been done, I don't know, since Gupta period or something like that, I mean, that there was, there's some people doing, example of a king doing it twice, and that was like, wow, he could really, it's a very costly and complicated, 
sacrifice. But part of the sacrifice is that a horse that's worshipped is released. And for, and for one year, the horse wanders everywhere, followed by a small army. Right? And so the, the Ashwarya sacrifice is to show kingship. Right? And so it was a way a king, it's believed to generate legitimacy, the punya, the spiritual power of kingship. But you can also see it also shows one, has, one wouldn't perform a sacrifice like this if one didn't have confidence uh, that one could get away with it, which would mean you let a horse worm in any direction and an army follows it. And every, and every so the horse doesn't know where the city uh, uh, street ends, where the, where the city-state's border is when you're entering the territory of, of, a, of another king, right, or, no, or another, another, ter- another government. And so you imagine if, if a, horse should, a horse, bad enough a horse enters another city, but if a horse or an army enters, that's called an, that's called an invasion, right? So it means wherever the horse goes, a small army is basically invading, right? And which means most people, either you fight, or if you realize that you can't win a fight, you accept the army's passage through. And so the fact that it could move for a year in any direction with an army unchallenged meant that the king had had enough power to get away with it, that no, none of its neighbors would challenge it, right? And if they were challenged, they'd be defeated. Right, so that is, this is the the the, politi- the religio political uh, dynamic of the rajas uh, of the um, of the um, Ashwamed sacrifice, right? Uh, uh. So he performed such such a thing, and so the horse is moving, and Indra began to get in all the stories, and a lot of these stories, Indra gets nervous because Indra is the he's the god of gods, he's the controller, king of heaven, and he doesn't want to lose his power. And he thinks if this King Sagara, uh, uh, he's getting too much power, right? And he's going to be pretty soon more powerful than me, more powerful than me, right? And kings that would do repeatedly these sacrifices will become so it's that more they could, what King Bali, right? His story will kind of come. King Bali, who um, uh, um, he's the one that Vamana took the three steps of land, right? What was, what was he doing in the middle of the sacrifice? He was doing a, his thousands Ashwabed sacrifice. Hundreds or thousands? I'll say thousands because it sounds cooler. Right? Because you think with that, he was a great devotee. Of, he, his grandfather was Prahlad. Right? He's actually a very noble person, but he was like a good king and he's getting more and more powerful and getting more and more authority. And, more, and so he's thinking, you know, we don't even need God anymore. I can run everything. And with my thousand sacrifice, I'll have enough power to, to replace God, right? Not like a demon, I want to be God, but he was a demon. Also, he was from the demon family, right, in the story, right? But this type of thing, the, 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 the Indra is nervous that he's getting too much power and therefore would take, would, may usurp his position. <clears throat> so he steals the horse, right, in the middle. So th- this would be a huge embarrassment. Right, you know, he's moving around, and all of a sudden, the horse has been stolen, gone. He can't even. I mean, some that means some petty neighboring kingdom killed his horse without any, without any. You know, think about the embarrassment. He'd lose all the credibility, and the sacrifice would not be done, finished. It would also lose the spiritual power as well as the political power of great embarrassment and not accomplishing his thing. So what he did, he figured, I have to. This, you know, the their King Sagara and his sons are quite intelligent. So he took the horse and went into the underworld and he tied it 
near where one sage was meditating. And the sage is Kapila Muni, Kapila Rishi, who we know as one of the forefathers or founders of the Sankhya system, mentioned the Bhagavatam in the later text also, right? And um, so he's in the, so he's doing his tapasya, right? Little side notes, many people, Swami Shivananda believed where that one of the places where he, we know they're in Amrakanta, there's a place called Pildad, where a, a beautiful waterfall where it's believed that Kapila did austerity. There's places associated with him. So maybe who knows where he was meditating. Or here is his underworld. But but some Swami Shivananda said that California is where he meditated. Right? This is Kapila Aranyaka, his name, his name for California. And this is the forest, the austerity place of, of, of Sage Kapila. And recently, a few days, a few weeks ago, there were some visiting Dikshitars from uh, Chirambaram. Dikshitar, these are Brahmana Brahmins in the South Indian tradition. They, were, yeah, they came to visit. They were doing some local puja and they came to see Ma. And these are people with a thousand generations priests. This is not the, that's what it takes to be a Dikshitar, <laughs> Chirambaram. This is tremendous. Uh, but anyways, there's, we mentioned California. Yes, yes, this is Kapila Ranyaka. Immediately <laughs> so confirmed by Dikshitars. But... So that, I don't know if that makes California the underworld. That's my only nervous thing. <laughs> could be. This could be an underworld. You're all on a very dangerous oh, underworld journey. Be very careful. <laughs> could be that also. I don't know. Right. It would make some things would get to make more sense if I if I if I start thinking this way. So anyway, so they they tied it next to Kapila, right? Uh, uh, and so and Kapila just meditating, and then the the sixty thousand sons of Sagara show up, and they see there's our horse. Right, and they think, who stole our horse? Well, that naked Baba probably stole the horse. Kapila just actually has a—he's a tawny body. He's has red hair. He's just an Anagababa meditating, right? And he says, "Oh, he's pretending to be a Baba, right? Why would a Baba need a horse? A Baba doesn't need a horse. There's nobody else. Because you see, if if you're looking for a horse and you see a sadhu and a tied horse right next to him." Right, he obviously stole the horse. He's not a sadhu. He's trying to disrupt our sacrifice. He may be an enemy, a spy for the enemy king, for enemy kingdom. You know, something like that. Right. So they began to abuse him. Au, fake Baba. You know, whatever. You, you know, people scream things like, I'm "Imagine I get screamed at from the road sometimes." Something like that. Or something. Somebody, somebody, some dirty Baba like us, and they scream some obscenity. You know, like that. And he didn't do anything. So then he's like, oh. So they go and they start kicking him. They kick Kapila when he. And Kapila, who's doing? He wake and he opens his eyes and he sees these sixty thousand boys, right, uh, insulted him. And he just looked at you. He's so. One thing about tapasvis, we forgot to mention yesterday. Tapasya means fire, and tapasvis can be angry. They have fiery nature, right? And so, a thwarted tapasya can lead to anger for sure, right? So much power is being built, and so if somebody has a lot of power, you have to be careful around them because they could release the power for good or bad. Right, so you know, it's like that like Kamadev uh, attempted Shiva and Shiva opened it and goes home and burns him. Similarly, just by his angry look, right, Drishti, he just burns him to ash. Right, just his bones, bones and ashes right there, and then he goes back, back to meditating. Right, like another bother. He's, he's, yeah. so, so that's interesting. So, <clears throat> Sagara, of course, you imagine, um, uh, freaks out. And his sons, the horse is gone. Now the sons have left, and the sons haven't come back. So, what, so he sends his grand, his his uh, grandson, the son of his of the other son, their own son, right? His Asmanus. Oh, sorry, 
Asamanjas. Asamanjas. I'm sorry, the name. I don't know where the trans the, the diacritical mark is. Asamanjas. No, I'm sorry. No, no. Asuman. As the son of Asumanjas is Asuman. That one I know. Asuman. He sends his Asuman. Go, go and find. Go and find your. Find out what happened. So he searches him, and he finds him. Uh, he finds this. He finds the horse, and he finds sitting next to a naked sadhu, and he sees ash and bones. So he knows something went wrong. So he asks the sadhu this time a little bit more respectfully, Abaji Maharaj, what happened? And he said, "Oh, some." And so he described. He says. So they, they're very, he says, the problem, they've died very inauspiciously by the curse and anger of a holy man, right? They haven't done any, there's some scars, there's no uh, rights at the time of death, no postmodern, you know, it's inauspicious, right? They've been murdered. I mean, murder is an inauspicious death, right? So, uh, uh, so what will happen to their souls? Something like that. They actually, the souls are just lost. Right, and they're the equivalent there, and they're if if he's in the underworld, they're below the underworld, some hellish realm. They're not in the heaven realm. They're not no next. They can't move on. They can't go to heaven. They can't be liberated, and they can't even be reborn. They're stuck in some hellish realm, right? So the only way that they could be liberated, right, is that if Ganga, if you were, if if Ganga were to purify where they are, their bones and ash, and the land, where 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 the bones are. Or if the Ganga were to come and, and clean, purify them, like that. But that's not possible, right? Why will the Ganga come? Ganga is up in heaven, and we'll tell the story where the Ganga actually is, right? So, so Asuman did tremendous austerities in order to get Shiva to, for Ganga to descend. Unsuccessful. His son, uh, 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 Dilip also performed thousands of years of austerities, unsuccessful. So generate now two generations have passed, and the only thing they're obsessed with is liberating their their, their ancestors, right? Then uh, uh, then the next son, Bhagarat. Bhagarat also did thousands of years of difficult austerities. Actually, the word Bhagarat means difficult, right? It comes to have meant come to have meant doesn't mean that actually, but it's come to mean. Like somebody, Bhagarat is somebody who's done something very difficult. So somebody has a quality. If somebody calls you Bhagarat, means that you've done something. You've done. You persevered, right? Even yourself, but for generations, a representative of persevering attitude is Bhagarat. And so, upon the prayers of, of Bhagarat, Brahma agreed. Yes, yes, I shall reluctantly. I have my dear Ganga here. I shall let Ganga go, right? She lives with me, right? I shall let her go, and uh, uh, but uh, uh, um, Shiva, if Ganga comes, where will she land, right? She, her descent will destroy, could destroy the world, right? So you'll need to get Shiva to agree to catch her, right? But Shiva won't agree, right? So, so, so again, he does a thousand years of difficult austerity. I think maybe standing on his feet with his hands up, you know, one some super difficult type of austerity, not just fasting on Tuesday. And <laughs> like, for me, it's like watching TV during Navaratri or something. That's my big austerity, you know, like this is real austerity. <laughs> no daily show during Navaratri. Oh, the gods will have to give me whatever I want immediately, you know. <clears throat> so thousand year anger. So. 
he the first place he did his austerity actually interesting the places are also known as uh, Gokarna. Gokarna is isn't isn't like in South India, no, on the bank of hmm? near Goa. Yeah, yeah. And uh, near the Arabian Sea, I guess you would say, right? So that's actually so so that's where he did the first part of Pasya, and that's also important. But but the second time when he heard that he needs to play Shiva, he did his tapasya in Gangotri. Right, you want to please Shiva, you have to go to Shiva. Shiva lives in the Himalayas, right? He is the Himalayas, right? So he did his austerity in Gangotri, which is significant for where Ganga comes down also. So for Ganga to come down, was she agreed to come, either she agreed she was sent down, agreed to come down, these stories will inter interact. Um, she has to pass through um, uh, um, Swarga, right? So in order to get to the the bones of and and thus uh, the bones of the sixty thousand sons of Sagara, she has to come down from heaven, go through heaven, go th across the earth into the ocean, and then into the underworld. Right? It doesn't end in the ocean; it actually goes down there in the world. Which means she has to pass the three worlds: the the, the heavenly world, the earth, and like this. And therefore, one of Ma's names is Tripartanga. Uh, uh, Tri Pataga, Pataga, last I mean, she who goes through three realms, right? One of her names. So then there's a couple different versions. So it, a couple versions of when she came out in the in the Shrimad Bhagavatam, which is the version that I'm most familiar with. I gave some talks. It's on our podcast somewhere. Ganga's ascent or something. I think two talks, one or two talks, um, where we go verse by verse through its description. Very significant and meaningful and beautiful. Um, but when she said when she agreed to come down, so I'll just I'll come down. She says, "But I will. There's nothing to hold me, right? If I come down, I'll destroy like this. So if you can find somebody to catch me, then and then I'll come down." And so Shiva agreed and caught him. And we know the story that he falls in Shiva's hair, and, and and goes through the hair and gets caught and slowly comes out through the dreadlocks of the the jatta of his hair, and so that's how the Himalayas and he falls into the Himalayas. And then comes down through various streamlets and join becomes the Ganga and a few other rivers that flow in different directions, primarily the Ganga, to different rivulets and like that. Like how how she comes down to the earth and then makes her way to the ocean to fill the ocean and thus go into the underworld to, to purify the bones of Saga, of Sagara's sixty thousand sons. Right. But some versions have have the some versions of the story have her like a little she's a goddess, she lives in heaven. She's lives with Brahma. Right, and she's considered one of the spouses of Brahma in a certain sense. Right, she's a heavenly uh, um, uh, daughter. And why would I come down to Earth? Right, and and like the Earth, all the I'm so big, no god can withstand me. And Shiva, he just sitting there, this naked guy with dreadlocks. You know, he's like, what is he gonna? He can all wash my way too. Right, and she actually came down. So the story goes with some pride. I'm gonna wash Shiva away. Right, but. Shiva caught her, right, and she got she when she entered into his hair, she got lost in darkness, just through and couldn't find her way out, through moving through all the, all the dreadlocks and like this, right, and so slowly she became lost and, and engulfed in darkness, and she realized she had to be a little humble, and asked Shiva, I don't know who you are, but wherever you are, please release me. So it says that he first released a few drops in a place called Bindusara, which is a, a, mouth, a Himalayan lake. There's different stories of Bindusara. This is also 
connected with Kapila. Kapila said to have spoken to his mother the teachings of Kapila, to his mother Devahuti, and to Bindusara Lake. So, uh, so it's significant. And also, it said that, and those who do, you, do people do pujas at the Bindusara Lake to liberate their ancestors. So it's connected somehow, you know. But anyways, from the Bindusara Lake, it said that then the streams began to go down. Right. So when she came down, then she tells uh, Sagara, now tell me where to go. I'll follow you. Right. This time, either either in full for it or a little humility after being humbled by Shiva, depending on how, how the stories go, what story you're following. Uh, so Sagara, with his chariot, it says he, he led the way. Wherever, she, wherever he went, Ganga followed. Right. And so that with his chariot, he'd create the, the, um, the groove for the water to flow, right? uh, which is interesting. But at one point, along the way, they met or bothered a saint, uh, Janava Rishi. Right, so Janava, and so the story goes that Janava, seeing her, was annoyed that something. Why? What's all this? This giant chariot and this big thing of water coming down like that, and he and he just like, like the ocean was drunk by, Agatya. He drank, her, like, Archiman. That's Swaha, you know, Om, Om Vishnu, you know. And, and so now, like, after all this, she's gone. Also shows the power of the sage, right? So much to get her to come down that even Shiva could, you know, the only Shiva could hold him, right? She could just sip him. A lot of these stories about the power of these sages, the Pasya, right? And so they prayed, uh, 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 King Sagara prayed, you know, we brought her down after thousands of years, uh, thousands of years, uh, uh, Bhagarati, I'm sorry, Bhagarati prayed, we brought her down over thousands of years uh, 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 to, to purify our ancestors' bones, it, it doesn't hurt you, he's not causing you any problem, so she, so he said he let her out of his ear, right, and she kept going, so because of that, that this, one of uh, her names is Janavi, Janvi, Janvi or Janavi? Janvi, right, daughter of Janava, right, in the, in the, Katamrita, there's a, a M also sometimes, the, the ever pure and purifying waters of Jan, Jan, Jana, Jan, Janava's daughter, Janvi. Right, there's a name for the Ganga. The, so that's one of her names. She has many, she's a daughter of uh, Sagara, of Bhagarat, and of, in a certain sense, of Janvi, in a certain how she's coming down. Hmm. So, then she finally got to the ocean at a place called Ganga Sagar. Ganga Sagar means where Ganga and the Sagar meet, right? That's one of the, and actually the, the main day, you've been to Sagar Mela a couple, one time with Susha, I think, right? At least once, right? So Sagar Mela, this is a big place for sadhus. This place takes place on Makar Sankranti, uh, 14th of January, but it's also to the day when Kumbh Mela happens, when Jayadev Mela happens, a very important place. Uh, and usually it happens where rivers meet, you know, where, so when the ocean finally um, uh, reach, reaches, when the river finally meets the ocean. So then what happens, and you feel the, the problem with Agatya calls, cause, fills the ocean, right, and then seeps into the underworld and purifies the bones of, of um, uh, the 60,000. And, and, and therefore they can then move on to the proper ancestral realms for for processing, either for liberation, for heaven, or for rebirth, whatever their next step could be. Right. So it's interesting. This is um, and this is one of the this is these are the story background stories to show why people want to have their ashes or bones put into the Ganga. Right. Just like so that the, that that this is automatically takes one to to the next 
it uh, purifies the remains and therefore releases the soul to the next uh, proper, next uh, higher situation. And and I think also like, what if we can't take our bones, somebody's bones to the ocean, to the to the um, to the Ganga? But from this story, the Ganga fills the ocean, right? So the ocean is also full of Ganga water because the the water that purified the bones didn't come wasn't near Hadwar. Or in front of Dakshinishwar, where the Ganga flows, it was it was not even in the ocean; it was below the it was in the under. For, so the ocean is also purifying, right? And when our water pot, our ghat that is in front of Ma, when we installed Ma uh, twenty six years ago in three months, when Haridanji, one of the we went to the to the we first we we brought we had collected Ganga water, figured we're going to fill it with Ganga water like we usually do, and at least some purified water with Ganga water to, to hold the deity in the Kalashan or the Ghat and Harda said no we'll go to the ocean right this is our Ganga right it's unusual you fill the Ghat with salt water right it's not it's not sweet water it's you know it's corroding not, you know uh, but no no this is Ganga this is the same this is the same right he had that because it's coming from Ganga right uh, uh, so it's very and so there's a and also if you think of Ganga not just one river it could be of course, not every river is Ganga. Not every, not every mouth is Himalayas, right? But but Ninkula Baba said all rivers are the Ganga, right? You know, it's like in one sense all rivers are the Ganga because the same process with they come down, they fill the ocean, they they replenish, and life without without rivers and without the ocean there'd be no life, there'd be no human society, no culture, no religion, no postmortem rites, or liberation. I mean, it all is so connected to the whole thing, right? Right. So these are the the main. There's other stories of how Ganga comes down. I'll still uh, feed a few in, a few into the story, right? But it makes it might made me think a little bit. I should just a watch. I have a clock here for six o'clock. Good. <coughs> Govinda. <coughs> Whenever I think about this story, I always think of Ganga descending. Right, there's something about this descent of grace from the higher world, from the higher realms, right? And and so we, so meditation can be done on this idea of, of, of the divine flow of grace, of energy flowing down. And what does what does it mean then? You know, so descent, um, Ganga coming to earth. That's interesting. So as if, if uh, could be you know the divine consciousness purifying the physical consciousness that's a simple thing earth ganga coming purifying the body and purifying the earth right that could be a simple things like that right um, uh, also often the this idea of the downflow of the ganga is used in a lot of texts to describe the transference of knowledge of of through lineage right uh, uh, like you, uh, Shiva talking to Parvati, the Tantras, and this, this from Guru to disciple. Also, we consider the Guru to disciple lineage to be like a flow of grace, a, a downflow of grace. Right. So, also, some have some yogis have given. You can see the, we just telling the story as it is. You can see well, that may be some meaning. We can imagine some, some uh, interpretive meaning, and the texts themselves usually don't then give the meaning, right? But later people have meditated upon these. And these aren't my own ideas; these are the tradition of yogis and sadhus, 
I've thought, thought about this. So Sagara, right? Sagara, the ocean, and his 60,000 sons, right? So one way to interpret, that's been given to interpretation, Sagara means the mind, right? And so, and the 60,000 sons are the 60,000 thoughts. That means unlimited thoughts. I mean, symbolic number, I don't know where it comes from, right? And so, And then the, how they get cursed and the horror. So the, all these the, the aspects of the story are given some can be given some metaphorical symbolic meaning, right? So the the, the mother of the sixty thousand sots, her name is Sumat, Sumati, right? I forgot to mention Sumati means like good thinking, right thinking. So the the mind is the father and right thinking is the mother. But what happened to the sons? Unlimited bad thinking, right? You know, just out of control thoughts. You can imagine one thought is hard enough. Sixty thousand thoughts is be unbearable, right? Right. And so then you have the sacrificial horse uh, that uh, uh, in the in the horse sacrifice that roams everywhere, right? So that has been said to describe as like the senses, just moving everywhere, right? Just moving here and there, uh, getting into trouble, right? And Kapila is like I say like a like divine law, divine dharma, divine justice like this, right? And he in contact with that he destroys them, but doesn't really destroy them, you know. He uh but what did it take to revive them? The, this descent of grace, this flow of of, 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 of um consciousness, right? So Ganga in many texts was also described as like pure consciousness, sometimes described as chit chit shakti, this flow of grace, flow of, of consciousness, flow of, of uh, divine consciousness, right? So Bhagirati, Bhagarat, interesting, Bhagirati I mentioned means, has it turned to be like a, somebody who's done something difficult, right? Bhagirati also means the human being. So we have to start with like, so this story is about, not just about an ancient king, who, who, uh, an ancient king who, in 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 the in the Puranas is attributed given a uh, a creation myth on the descent of Ganga, right? He he's that too. He's listed in ancient text. But Bhagirati, interesting this term. You have to be a little bit careful how we interpret Bhaga and Ratta, right? Bhaga, this is like the word a similar sound for like Bhagavan, but Bhaga also means uh, womb. Right, and uh, a womb or yoni like this. So Bhagarati is everyone that's born, means a human being. Anyone that's born to a human being, the human form is bhag and and Ratta is 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 uh, um, like not un, not unconnected to Ratta as in cart or chariot like this, right? One who's born as human body is Bhagarat, his father is the or great 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 grandfather is the mind. His ancestors are all these thoughts and experiences and karmas like this, and so and he needs to uh, he needs the the scent of grace to, to to liberate. So like this, you can give different interpretations. As we tell some other stories, some of these interpretations you can keep in the background. Right. Another version, another story says that um, Ganga has different children. Right. One of Ganga's children is Kartikeya. Right, this is a, uh, so Kartikeya we know is actually not Ganga's child. Kartikeya is Parvati's child, Shiva and Parvati. 
And so, because we needed Kartikeya to remember the whole, we told last week or the week before, both last week and the week before, uh, how uh, the demon um, Tarakasura. Tarakasura had a boon that only could only be killed by the son of Shiva, legitimate son of Shiva. But there is no legitimate son of Shiva because Shiva doesn't have a son. Shiva is not married. Shiva is not going to be married. Right? Parvati has not been, there's no Shakti incarnated and Shiva is not interested. And therefore, with that reality, he could storm the world and become the king of the world, the king of the three worlds. Right? So the, so the gods got, par, got Shiva, invoked, got Parvati, Mahashakti to be born as Parvati in the daughter of the Himalayas. They got Shiva to agree to marry her by his tapasya. And then they had to agree to get them to have a child. So they got, so their child, right, the, 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 the seed of Shiva, if you were to say, was so fiery that nothing could hold them. So actually they gave it to Agni, the god of fire, and he could, it was so, it was burning Agni, right? So Agni threw it into the Ganga, where he couldn't hold it. And, and, and it was burning and, 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 and disintegrating the Ganga. And the Ganga threw it into some, into, uh, uh, to some reeds. There's different stories that are like that. And eventually it was raised by the Kritikas, which are the, 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 the uh, group of stars, I think, right? It's a constellation like that. But anyway, so one of the mothers of Kartikeya became Ganga is one of her mothers, right? So Parvati is a mother. Agni, in a weird way, is a mother, <laughs> right? The, uh, the womb of fire, we use this term sometimes in Tantra. Uh, um, uh, and Ganga is as, as well as the Kritikas which where he gets his name Kartikeya so there's a story of how Ganga also is, is a mother of Kartikeya right so in another when you think of Ganga Ganga is a river running through North India from the Himalayas but if you look up here nowadays you look up you see nothing because we don't we have such light pollution right but in the normal world Right, and if we have a, a light out, outage or something, you look up, you see stars, right? We're not alone, right? And one of the things you see is the Milky Way, right? Which is a tremendous, looks like a, like a river of stars. And it seems through the, throughout the night and through the year, it flows. You see it, it, it rise in the horizon and, and, and then descend. It rises, it flows across the sky and descends into the horizon somewhere on Earth. From, from human perspective, right? So that they call Akash Ganga. That's the real Ganga. The Milky Way is also considered the Ganga, right? And so even like the, the, the marking of the right date for Kumamela or for Sagar Mela and Makar Sakarinti has a lot to do with the way the Milky Way is flowing directly. It seems from a human perspective flowing directly at that time, it's like it's directly coming down, right? So we feel that this is a descent of the, of the Ganga itself descending during this time. So you see that uh, what is the if the celestial river, right, the the heavenly river of celestial bodies, right, where what are its banks? One bank is uh, the sky, and the other bank is the earth. So this is a very unique joining joining place between the earth and what part of the earth? So in the story, she it it's a, from the sky to Shiva. To the Himalayas, right? So the Himalayas is something interesting. It's a descent of the sky, the celestial bodies coming down to Earth, and the Himalayas are the Earth reaching up to the sky, right? They're projected. Him, you know, they're they're still growing, a few feet a year, I think, right? At least a few inches a year for thousands of years, right? Right? Something. If it's a few feet, then there'll be massive destruction. But there's still them. It's a very active, uh, growing. There. It's when uh, two. I mean, 
geog geographically, no, geologically, you could describe as a plate piling, a continental plane crashing into another one and jarring up like the. But you could see this is a wonderful symbol of the of of of, of the Earth reaching up to the heavens. That then you feel when you go into the, when you drive up the Himalayas, you you're driving into the heavens. This dev moving, you're going to the land of the gods. But also the river is the gods descending, the divine realm descending, right? And this junction is very important. That is that is both the Ganga, where the two, where heaven and earth meet, is the Ganga, and that's the definition of a Tirtha, right? Where worlds meet when you can cross from one side to another easily, right? Which and so the symbol of the of the purification of the bones is that of going from one side one world to the next, right? From uh, uh, from the earth world to the ancestral world, or from body consciousness to divine consciousness, from from earth to heaven, however you consider that the worlds meet, and so she is considered the the topmost tirtha, right? There's many tirthas, including Kali Mandir. There's so many tirthas, right? Junction points, we're we're crossing over points, bridges between worlds, right? But the Ganga, the whole Ganga, is a tirtha, right? The Ganga is between heaven and earth. Right, you can see it represented by the night sky. If we still had a night sky, you know, the, you know, behind the light, there, this is still going on. And I, Swami Ambikananda was telling a story that some, it was many years ago. It may have been like in the forties or fifties or something like that, where there was a massive power outage in San Francisco, right? And everybody was freaked out. You have a power outage, people riot. You know, people don't know what to do and get nervous, and police don't have control, and there may be looting and things like this. You know. But they, so they're really nervous. Why did the city lights go out? Do you think we're attacked? Are we under attack? You know, the, the time during, may have been the time during communist there, I forget exactly. And there was all these people were freaking out because they thought, they looked up and they saw like, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, moonlit, on a moonless night, right? When there's no, no city lights for a hundred miles, right? It, look, it looked like gas. It looked like, you know, like it was, was this a gas attack? Would be, you know, it's like, with this, uh, uh, um, um, it's glow in the dark gas. It must be a, uh, a nuclear <laughs> gas attack. You know, it's like because, but that's how that's how the sky looks. Actually, you know, you see streams. You you don't need to to um, imagine high things. You just look up and see it. This is the reality. You know, we can. So the Ganga was seen and the seen descending to Earth this way. So just like the Ganga comes down to the Earth, the rivers also come down from the high and then uh, it's small streams so this coming of the heavenly world touching descending to the to the most aspirational part of the earthly world and then descending to the rest of the world right so that's part of the a great symbolism of the Dev, of devi symbols also where the where water then nourishes all these streams come down and nourish right so they drip from sheep from jiva's jatta you could say through to the mountains through the Himalayas, but also through our local mountains, everywhere. This is the way it works, right? And so above Shiva, our Shiva Lingam outside, Baba Dakshinishwar, the one under the tree, there's a water pot. And right now, I think maybe the string's not there, but usually it's designed in a way where it's always full of water, it's always dripping, right? Dripping onto Shiva. And then, so this water is dripping, that's a Ganga, right? Constantly dripping through these different streams like that onto, onto the, to Shiva, which is the Himalayas to give this type of symbolism, a one aspect of symbolism. And then that comes down and fills the yoni, which is the world, right? The body, the world, the, the, like that. And that nourishes and pours out, that, that's, that's moving streams and therefore 
uh, farming and, and forest and, you know, the whole culture and everything that comes from this constant nourishment. Our connection with the divine, even the dripping, is what's nourishing everything. You can hit, uh, don't, don't answer, I'll go. My aunt, right? Yeah. Call her. Do it, guys, do it again. So there's another aspect of Ganga. So Ganga has different flows. One is a flow of of heavenly bodies. We call them the stars and planets that we see in the Milky Way. Right? And that's given us a subtle meaning of like souls and subtle spiritual. This is at the at the upper world, right? How we think of it. Right. Then when she comes to the Himalayas, she actually doesn't come as water in the Himalayas. She comes as snow. So the next Ganga is actually made of snow, right? And that and that and so and then from the snow comes the actual rivers, water Ganga, right? And you can see that we coming from, you can go to Gangotri and further back to Gomuk, and eventually it's coming from the main the main uh, river that we consider the main tributary of the Ganga is um, uh, the one in Gangotri, which that's not um, a it's the um, Bagirati, Bagirati, that's Bagirati. Uh, 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 and it also from the other there's different places where the rivers come and join Mandaki, yeah. Yeah, Mandaki River and like, there's all these rivers that go and join and become Ganga slowly become build the Ganga right but there a lot of them are coming from glaciers and ice so the second Ganga is ice and the third Ganga is water and then the Ganga actually one of the forms of the Ganga flows through India right but there's other great rivers that are flowing from the great ice packs of the, of the Himalayas, right? There's the Hong in China, the Oxus in that goes into the Aral Sea, Sea, the Ob in, even across Siberia is also fed by the Himalayas. These are rivers that are held fed by the river. They're also considered, in a certain sense, forms of the Ganga, right? They don't have the same devotion of a, of a culture that's devoted to her as a goddess and doing Ganga Arati at her banks like that, right? But without, they're the one. They're life giving, liberating, culture building. Uh, uh, tradition nourishing uh, rivers, without a doubt. So one question is: How did who was Ganga before she was the before she was a she was a river Ganga, she was a celestial Ganga before she was how she become how did this happen? So this this is from the Brahma Vaivarta Purana, the story, which is where a lot of these great Devi traditions come from. Right, so Vishnu, we all know Vishnu's, who's Vishnu's wife? Lakshmi. Lakshmi. Any, do you have any other wives? Well, we, now we think usually Budevi, the earth, right? That's a bit common in South India, right? But in daily puja, we actually, when we do Shalagam puja, then we offer to Lakshmi and to Saraswati, right? So Saraswati is also a wife, was a wife, is a wife of, of, of Lakshmi. But so is Ganga. So as per some story, I think Brahma, the Timadevi uh, Bhavata may have this a version of this story also. So Ganga, Ganga, Saraswati, and Lakshmi are three wives, right? And three wives were uh, began to get fight with each other, which I think is common when you have um, uh, in the stories at least. Uh, uh, uh. So Saraswati suspected that Vishnu loved the Ganga more than her. So this is the way the stories go, right? And so he began, she began to speak harshly and rudely to Ganga, right? Lakshmi, being because Lakshmi is now associated with, with Vishnu, is very calm, 
right? And she began to try to calm everybody down, right? But this infuriated Saraswati even more, right? Now she's not angry, angry at Ganga, now she's angry at Lakshmi, right? right? And so Saraswati cursed Lakshmi, right? For first she cursed Lakshmi to you become a river. You, the worst curse, I don't know if you feel this way, but in ancient, in, in, in the God world, the worst curse you can give somebody, you be born as a human on earth. Or you be born on earth, means the lowest. Earth is, earth is physical manifestation, right? And so you be born as earth, but you be born as an earth as a river. I guess this is a big curse in the old days, I don't know, right? Or just, uh, or and a plant, a weed, right? There's, and so you can see where this is going, right? Then, then he cursed, then she cursed uh, Ganga. You also be born in the river. You go down to earth and be a river and you purify dead bodies and bones, you know, this type of type of, 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 of curse, right? Then Saraswati being uh, 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 Saraswati cursed Lakshmi to a river and weed, Ganga cursed Saraswati also to become a river, and Saraswati cursed Ganga to become a river. So they're all gonna be rivers. Right? <laughs> so how how does how does this how does this so then they then they calm down, the fight's over. But you know, in big fights, we say we sometimes regret what we said, and you can't, you can't take it back, right? You can mitigate it, you can apologize and try to make it better, but you once a word's been spoken, especially by we have not much power, so even our powerless words can be world changing, right? Imagine if you were gods and goddesses and sages and Kapila and this type of stuff, how much power they had. So they went to Vishnu, and who also calmed them down. He says no. Even the great line that's in the tradition that, that even this great catastrophe could be good, right? Actually, good comes from bad, which is very nourishing to think that some out of bad, also some good comes. And many times we hear this type of story, it is like that. So he says, so he tells Ganga, you should come to earth by the help to help King Bhagarat, right? And fill the ocean and purify. So you'll fill the ocean, that's bring life to the earth again. And you'll purify the the, 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 like this, like, like this. And you'll be caught in, Vish, in Shiva's hair. And I actually know that before you married me, there's a story that he's, Ganga is the daughter of the Himalayas also, because also she's from the Himalayas. You can see where that comes from, right? And so Parvati and her are sisters in the stories. And although Parvati got married to Shiva, she also loves Shiva. Right, not exactly romantically, but in the background, a little bit romantically. She uh, loves, adores Shiva, and has always been in the story a little disappointed that she is not the wife of Shiva. But you'll always be with Shiva. You're like, like almost like, like your, your his spouse, right? So, uh, so that's another good thing. You know, you, you you love Shiva. You'll be with Shiva, and you'll have to be born as as uh, come down to earth as the Ganga, right? Then she said, but. Uh, uh, He says, but this is also in the Bhagavatam, the story. He says, but if I go down, right, all these sinful people will bathe in me. Right, not only the 60,000 sons of, of Sagara, these are bad enough, but even actually the story goes when she was going, making her way down to the ocean, so many people were going to take bath and, live, and, and washing their sand. They realized, oh my God, the greatest come. No consideration for her. And you can see this is the problem. Even now, we're throwing, we're polluting her. We're like, now consider she's purifying us, but we don't care that much. As long as she's purifying us, it's not a very balanced relationship, right? So, um, uh, 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 
But, but then Vishnu says, don't worry, if even one great soul, a saint, a sadhu, a pure devotee, touches you with her feet, right, your sins will also be cleared. Right? So that, that so the mood actually is that we, we bathe in Mother Ganga so that she purifies of our sins, right? But holy men also bathe in Ganga and purify Ganga of the sins that we leave in her. So I think it's interesting that some of the fight to purify the Ganga is happening by Sadhu Samaj, the groups of Sadhus in India also. It's literally happening. Okay, I have to finish. I didn't get the Kashi today. We'll see if I finish the Ganga. Hmm. So, so you come down like this. Then he told Saraswati, you'll also, um, uh, you, you'll go down to earth, and, and uh, you'll go down to earth as, as the river, and then, in this version, then you'll go to heaven and and be Brahma's wife. So he gave, so Vishnu gave Ganga to Shiva, and Saraswati to Brahma. In this story, that's not the way all the stories go, right? But what about Lakshmi? Lakshmi, remember, Lakshmi was the peacemaker in the story, right? And she didn't get angry. She didn't curse. The other two cursed each other, including her, right? But he says, so she never had to leave Vishnu, right? Because actually by cursing somebody to be born, it means you get out of here, right? Like, oh, go to hell, leave me, right? But so he, but she says, you can stay with me. You're suspect, and, you, and you're calm. You didn't lose your calm. You tried to be the peacemaker. You can always stay with me. You're the one I love the most, right? But still, the words of the curse have to be met, right? So, due to another curse and a, long, a very complicated story, I am having to take birth in the form of, of stones in in the Himalayas. This is called Shalagam, right? You become the Kali Gandaki River, which is in Muktinath, Nepal, right? So that's the and so she's always with. She's been she's down to earth, but she's always touching the body. Of Vishnu, which is also on earth, right? And what about the you'll also be born of the weed, right? Then you can also take the birth as Tulsi, and also Tulsi will always be offered to 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 Vishnu as Shalagam, especially, right? So this is also satisfy the curse of of. Uh, so as you've seen, this is the story of Ganga, yeah, uh, Saraswati, and Kali Gandaki uh, as Lakshmi came to earth. So also Brahma Vivarta Prana. So after Shiva, another story. After Shiva's wedding, back to the Brahma Kamandu, after Shiva's wedding, or during Shiva's wedding, Sh- Shiva himself filled a water, made a pot out of the essence of the earth. A clay pot, not a metal pot, right? The Kamandalu. And filled it with all holy waters. Right? And purified it with mantras. And with this very purified water, he gave it to Brahma says you have important work to create this world you'll need this purifying water in the chandi, in the chandi when brahma brahmi she goes around sprinkling people with ganga with water from her kamandalu and ruining their strain right the the, the demons of strain this is that this is that water pot right uh, uh, brahma holds this water pot right and there's a mantra we chant during navaratri an elaborate mantra it's basically a version of this he actually when he invokes the water he says um, a simple trans a few verses from it. All dharma is established here. All holy waters are established here. All the Vedas are established here. All tirthas, all gods and goddesses are established here. Right? It says it, yagna, sacrifice, kama, enjoyment, mukti, liberation. Right? Are all here in this water pot? Right? 
if one uh, any any person that drinks this water, that bathes in this water, that does puja with this water, all their sins will be destroyed. So this is a, this is that this this so this is what Brahma has been using since time immemorial, right? Now in another avatar when the in when we talked about uh, Vamana, we just a few days ago celebrated last week on the on Dwadasi, uh, the the advent of Vamana, the dwarf who, who incarnation and twelve year old little boy who with his three steps covered the earth, measured the earth. So this is to humble King Bali. So one step he crossed the earth, the second step he crossed heavens. And then he says, Where is my third step gonna go? Right? And he said he said put it on my head. So and thus humbled him, right? But in the story, when he took his second step, right, first step calls crossed the entire manifested world. The second step crossed heaven and with his toe pierced heaven. Right? And so all of you imagine Brahma up in such a look in heaven. And all of a sudden, you know, he's sitting there with his thinking, well, you know, I'm supposed I have this Ganga water this that Shiva gave me and now I have to I have to now we have to we have to fill the ocean and purify the sons of Sagara. He's all these boons he's given. He's promised to do these things to so many people. And just then Poof! Out, out, piercing the from the under from from the earthy realm comes Vishnu's feet. Excellent. <laughs> so he bathes. He begins. To, I'm bathing. I'm bathing my iPad. So, my so he ba- he ba- So he begins to bathe Vishnu's feet, right? So that's one story. So exactly where is the water coming from? It comes from Vishnu's feet, from Brahma's Kamandalu, to Vishnu's feet, to Shiva's head. Also, the three are connected this way, right? Um, this is one of the names of Ganga, just like we mentioned, these Bhagavati and Janvi and like that. Uh, is Bhagavati Padi or Vishnu Padi. She comes from the feet of Vishnu, right? And therefore, when you bathe, so when you bathe, you actually this is cha, this is um, Charamrit, the water that's bathed the Lord's feet. We have water here. We bathe the Lord, and we call it Charamrit or Tirta, right? So Ganga is the original Tirta and the original Charamrit, right? And it said actually one of the reasons you see Ganga everywhere. In him, it's muddy and orangey muddy from the from th- when it comes out of Gangot out of Gomuk, right? It's always orangey muddy, right? And it said that one of the re- this is one of the reasons that, that that in the water he also used saffron. The, the the Lord's feet had saffron on it, and therefore the the saffron came. And because associated with Shiva, often you see like the uh, uh, in in, in where the two rivers meet, Ganga and Yamuna. You see the two rivers. One is 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 orangey mud from you know it's the Ganga. We say, oh, that's coming from Shiva, and the other is blue, and that's coming from that's Yamuna coming from Krishna. Luckily, in Allahabad, there's still some places are neither of these colors anymore. They've changed colors considerably. Right. <laughs> so Ganga, you know who she is a little bit. Um, she has some children. We mentioned that. Uh, um, uh, who did we mention? Uh, Kartikeya is one of her children, right? Another child is Bhishma. There's a whole story in the Mahabharata how Bhishma was raised by, by uh, Ganga and became Gangaputra. But also there's another great river, Narmada, right? So uh, Narmada River is Shiva's daughter, right? It comes from the tapasya of Lord Shiva, if you, uh, uh, and the mother. We say Narmadehar. Uh, that oh, oh uh, uh, Narmada, 
Nadmadehar, we say Jatta Shankarehar, right? Uh, Shiva and his Jatta, and Mata Gangehar, right? And whose mother is mother. Uh, so she, they join, and there's some little like that, but the Ganga, uh, Yamuna, Narmada is, is the daughter of Shiva and, and um, Narmada, uh, and, and, and Ganga also. So, many cool things about, so, so, so in, in puja, we, when we did our puja classes, we, we mentioned this one mantra we use in order to invoke into the Kalasham. Om Gange Chaya Muni Chaya Gauravari Saraswati Narmade Sindukaveri Jalismin Sridhinguri May the waters of the Ganga, Yamuna, Saraswati, Narmada, Sindhu and Kaveri all, be, all come here, be present here. Right? And we believe that they come down from the, we invoke them, and dream them, bring imagining them coming down through the heavenly realm. These are heavenly streams, right? Coming through the realm of the sun, right? Which is the way our connection between the heavens and the earth is the sun, and flowing not just into Ganga, uh, Shiva's hair, but into our water pot. We can identify it with this, right? And so the Ganga is a goddess. The Ganga is a river. Ganga is a a stream of grace, right? And in our body, we also have Ganga. Yogis recognize her as movements of prana in the body. There's a mantra, Jnana Sakalani Tantra, Sankalini Tantra, which I love. Ira Bhagavati Ganga, Pingala Yamuna Nari, Ira Pingala Mad, Pingalor Made Chishumnacha Saraswati. Right, Ida, right? Ida is the uh, Ganga, and Pingala is the Yamuna. And in between Ida and Pingala is Shashumna, which is Saraswati. This is what this mantra is. So this is for yogi. Pingala is solar current, right? I think so. Hmm? Solar current is Ida. Yeah, sorry, I have to get these right. Which means right nostril. Yeah, right nostril, solar current, that's the Ganga. Left nostril is lunar current, and that is Yamuna. And in between Ganga and Yamuna is Saraswati. Right, so these, so that means if the rivers, the Ganga, Yamuna, and Saraswati are in our body, in our subtle body, for a yogi at least, right, um, that means all the, the places along the Ganga, from Gangotri, to Go, from Gomuk to Gangotri, to Dev Prayag, to, to uh, Rudra Prayag, to Sona Prayag, to, uh, to Haridwar, to um, Kashi, to, uh, to, um, Praya, to, um, Allah, uh, Sangam, Trivedi Sangam, to, to Ganga Sagar, all these are also in the body. And they can be, yogis can recognize where those would be, right? And so where, so the next verse says, Triveni Samgamo Yatra Tirtaraja Uchate Tatra Snana Prakurt Vita Sarva Paper Pramunchate. Triveni Sangam, where the three rivers meet nowadays, I mean, it's grafted on the, it's like the river, the two rivers flow through, through India. They're also the place of, of Prayag, Prayagraj, Allahabad, three hours drive from Banaras, Kashi, which is, which is the name I thought I was going to get to today, but t- tomorrow, next week's name is Kashi, we'll hear about the city of Kashi, the next important place along the Ganga. Um, that, uh, 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 that is known, it says, Triveni Samgoyatra Tirtaraja, that is known as Tirtaraj, the king of holy places. So that means that we could say, oh geez, the, and we call it Tirtaraj, the king of holy places is, Praya, is Allahabad, uh, Prayat Triveni Sangam. Right? But if 
that means uh, that, that in India, the king of holy places is Prayag, Prayag in Allahabad, where my Guru's ashram is. Right? And I feel when you're there, you know this is the king of holy places, right? But when in, interpreted in the body, if Ganga, Yamuna, and Saraswati, the king of holy places is Triveni, where they meet. Where they meet is here. So the, the, whole, the greatest Tirta, the greatest holy place of pilgrimage, the place where we should go on pilgrimage, the most purifying place is, is uh, here. Bathing there, one is freed from all sins. Right? So maybe bathing, I believe bathing in the Ganga frees you of your sins. Right? Uh, Sri Ramakrishna said that you, you, we bathe in the Ganga and we purify of all sins, and then we come back out, and the sins, the sins knowing that don't go in the Ganga. They're way too smart. And they hang out in the trees, right? Or in your clothes when you leave, and your stuff, you, you take off your clothes and leave it there, and you take a bath. And you come back and put your old dirty clothes back on, all your sins are back on you, right? So they sit in the trees like birds and they jump on your shoulders again when they come out, right? Or the other thing he said that uh, like a, like a, a you, you, the mahout takes an elephant into the river and cleans it. It comes back out, and it's all clean, great. One of the two takes dirt and throws it on it. So the problem is whether our sins come back to us, right? Or we just sin again, right? We don't get much transfer. A little transfer. I feel there's manashuti, some mediocre Madhukram, maybe that's the right word of of uh, of uh, getting the wrong one, right word of pure of manashuddhi that comes. We my faith like this, I feel it also, and we do. We take dips. We remember our ancestors and our parents and those who can't be here and our guru. We take different dips uh, so that they're, pur- they're purified and benefited, right? But we come out mostly the same person, right? Either the either the sins jump back on, or we like that. So the real titta. Like where, where all sins are destroyed is here. So that, 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 and that's not as easy. Right? That Eda Pingala and Shashumna, Ganga, Yamuna, Saraswati, Trivenimai. At the height, this is a penultimate state. From there, one goes into, one gets their, their liberation. Thakur made a statement Gangavari, uh, Brahmavari. Right? So sometimes, it's, so it's, it's uh, the water, the Ganga, is liquid Brahman. That's the way it would be said, right? So let wa- Ganga is Brahman, liquid form, Brahman in liquid form, right? He said, while Brahman is everywhere, of course everything is Brahman, Brahman is everywhere, yet if you take a non-dualistic Vedantic perspective, right? But he says, practically, he says four things, first he said, three things are directly Brahman, right? He says, the dust of Vrindavan, the Prashad of Jagannath, and Puri, and the water of the Ganga. He had absolute faith in the right. And then he added, after going to Kashi, which is our next week's class, right? He said he added the very atmosphere of Kashi, of Banaras, is also the air of Banaras, you could say, is Brahman. Right? So if you've, we've been lucky to have all four of these things. Okay. Anyway, we'll leave, it, we'll leave it there. Any questions or comments? More <coughs> Ganga. Forgot to mention when the Ganga came down, it said that Ganga will flow in this yuga for ten thousand years in Kali Yuga, and so we're five thousand years into a ten thousand years. And that will happen maybe, and then, but then it also says yogis say that this is not a normal um, measurement, right? Ten thousand years is ten thousand dharmic years. If we live dharmically, she'll, the, the years don't count. Right. Yes. This is this is a que- this is a question. And Ganga is changing her course, and we're damning her and polluting her. 
and the the um what what the um the uh, the the snow ganga the uh, the the giant blocks of ice in the Himalayas. The, thank you. I just lost the word. The glaciers are melting. Right. This is a big thing because when the so this is the thing is that 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 this, this five thousand years left could be hundred thousand years. It could be thirty years. We don't know. Right. What will happen? The Ganga dries up. If the Ganga dries, all the major rivers in India will also dry. They're being fed from the, they're being fed from the same uh, glacier system. Right. Interestingly, according to the Puranas, uh, uh, Narmada won't dry up. Nar- Narmada will when she she got the boon that she'll exist forever in 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 in, in the land. But it's interesting. Most of the holy rivers in India are glacier fed, mm-hmm. and with global warming and pollution and and dam, who knows? We're changing. We're changing that whole dynamic, right? Narmada is spring fed, right? It comes from under underground, right? So maybe it's interesting. It's coming from a different source. That's maybe un, and it doesn't seem to be exactly connected. Its water table is not coming from the Himalayan uh, melts, right? So it's interesting that that's that's an inter- interesting thing, and also there's. Some yogi users see that they they say the Ganga's flowing, but she's receding. You know, maybe our attitude towards her changed, and now she's just a river to many people. You know, and so it's like even though she's still flowing theoretically, she's not really flowing, right? The Ganga the Ganga Devi is not the same, right? So maybe that's maybe we'll still have a river, but no longer Ganga. I don't know what it means, and we'll see in the thousands of years past, or maybe twenty years past. I don't know. I mean, things are changing quick. There's movements right now to clean the Ganga, to stop pollution of it. By all standards, it's just as polluted as it was 15 years ago. You know, a lot of show and cleanup. Some things have been done, but the industries are still pouring. Tanneries are still pouring into the Ganga. You know, we can clean up some ghats and get good pictures, but the Ganga chemically is still as dirty as it was 10 years ago, unfortunately. So it seems. But Ganga has another quality. Oh, there's a verse in the Gita: "Among rivers, I am the Ganga." Right, I'm, I'm the Janvi, Janavi River, right? So not only is Ma identifying with the Ganga, Krishna also identifies as a divine river, the foremost among rivers. But there's a quality, maybe you've, you've heard this, but it, we've also found this, that Ganga water has a quality that doesn't go bad. You've, we, you've had Ganga water and 15 years and it hasn't gone bad. Yeah, this is a very interesting fact, right? And differently, oh, she's so, we, we could, out of faith, oh, she's so pure. That she's like, and, and that we were like, a, some are actually saying that there's a slight radiation to the Ganga water and to the Ganga bank, and that's a, not enough to, to, but enough to kill germs, it could be. Yeah, so Gera, the cloth, the, the mud that Sadhu is supposed to dye their cloth, right, uh, made from mud, that's iron rich mud. It's supposed to believed, I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't have a machine to check it, but it's supposed to have a very slight um, um, radioactive quality. And so they say, oh, Gera doesn't become unclean, unclean, right? You don't have to wash it. Like in Puja, you have to wash, but in Gera, you can wear a few days and not ritually unclean. It doesn't smell bad as quickly if you don't wash it like that. Maybe it's killing germs. I don't, I don't know. There's, some people have said like that. But we've also noticed that, that water we have, especially if you get it from Gangotri or, or, or Rishikesh, some clean place, but even if you get it from, you get it from Calcutta, in front of Dakshinish, where you have to filter because it's, there's some bugs in it, and you filter it out and maybe boil like that. But then it stays clean at least years, if not so many years. But I've also noted I've gotten water from the Ganga that goes bad, quick goes stale. So, so one of our, we have a friend, Professor, I 
forgetting how I remember his name. He's a professor at Allahabad University in, in pilgrimage study. He's one of the foremost authorities on Allahabad and pilgrimage. Right, brilliant man. Um, Dubai, Professor Dubai. And he, during the Mela, he doesn't, go, he doesn't take a bath in the Ganga. During the, the Kuma Mela, he said, there's no Ganga in here. There's no Ganga. I have faith in the sand. The sand has had the Ganga water washing for billions of years and millions of sadhus, so I sleep on the sand, but I don't bathe in the Ganga. This is where is the Ganga water? Ganga, by the skinny quotes of scripture, when such and such river and such and such river meet, black water is called Ganga. Right? He says, but now they've dammed this and they've dammed this. There's practically, mathematically, there's no Ganga. It's water, no doubt, but not Ganga. They've heard it. And then most of it's just sewage now, anyways. Right? But even the water coming from the mountains isn't legally, by definition, Ganga. Damming can be, you don't know when we start damming stuff, whether how, how it works. You know? I don't know. He's a very passionate and opinionated personality and make it a strong uh, uh, agita- uh, um, public agitation points. You know, he's, he's on campaigns to clean the Ganga and the way he does it is by not bathing in the Ganga <laughs> during the big part of the Mela. You know? Although during the, during the high day of the Mahakumbha, he says he, just in case. <laughs> because what happens, what happens is that the sadhus, the, the Akaras, these are 10,000, know, thousands and thousands of naked men have more power than we think. <laughs> Never doubt. And so they, they, they also create agitation and they say there is no Ganga water. You need to release more water from the, from the, from the dams during the Mela, especially on bathing days during the Sahislan, uh, Sahislans. Right? And you'll see the water, the, the, the bank goes up another foot during big bathing. It means the government's releasing more water. They do it have to day, day ahead of time because they have to go from Himalayas and from different places where the dams are. Right? Although otherwise, none of us will bathe. And, and the world's television cameras will be here. It'll be a huge embarrassment for the government of India. And so they get scared of when it's huge and like that. And so they release more water. And you see the water seems cleaner. It seems deeper. You're not like, you know, sometimes the whole half the mail of your ankle deep in water. You can't, get, you can't take a bath because they're not released. Because all, the water should be gushing, right? Even when I had a very, very colorful sadhu, we call, um, forgetting his name, uh, He's a he's a in the in the um, in the Kabir punt sadhu. He dresses like the little, little Kabir hat, and he um everything is sewn. He's a little patched sewn. Type. Very interesting sadhu, a very extreme renunciant, right? No, 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 Sappho, no. I mean, he he immediately starts chastising you, right? And usually he's just screaming in Hindi, and then he leaves. And so I said, what did he say? He comes, I know him very well, but I never understand most. I know basically what he said. But one year he said, oh, what what they're doing? They 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 uh, they 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 divert the Ganga in, in, in Hadwar and everybody does Ganga Arati. Have you ever seen the Ganga water? It's so beautiful. And then that water never goes back to the Ganga. It goes to feeds fields, right? So it's like you're, they're worshiping Ganga, whose purpose is to go to the ocean. That water that they slip doesn't go to the. Ocean. I don't know if that's true. I don't. I, it could be. I know he's also fiery sadhu. You know, was a very strong point. He said that goes to feed. A garlic and onion field. That was his like. This <laughs> the field of that was his like complete discussion. This is what we're doing. We tried to do some. We tried to change nature to. Oh, we're going to divert the Ganga, this little area, so people can, so the tourists can come and do Ganga. He's so beautiful, so inspiring, right? But they've moved the Ganga to do it, and then that water is being used for other purposes. So it's it's very confusing, in her earthly flow, how it's happening, but I think to the correspondence of her, subtle flow also. We're not open to spiritual flows of consciousness and grace. We're not awakening through corresponding spiritual practices. So the, the, the 10,000 years, 5,000 years left um, in the physical Ganga 
the celestial Ganga or our internal Ganga. We don't know what it means. But <clears throat> we are very fond of her. We pray her blessings. And the Swami Shivananda has a book called Mother Ganga and Her Glories, or The Glories of Ganga. It's a beautiful book. It's just beautiful, one of the great books just on the Ganga. I would suggest that book as far as a book on just glorifying the Ganga. Hari Om Tatsat Jai Guru Jai Guru Jai Guru Thank you